Greetings. One must not get one's knickers in a twist. Lady Jane Grey was Queen of England, so why is she usually left out of the royal family tree? Lady Jane Grey should be more well known, and here we try to rectify it. I'm joined once again by Chris Riley, who is my interviewer for this session. Hello again, Chris. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. This is our um, our triple whammy. Yeah, we thought we'd change it up a little bit this week, and uh, I'll do the uh, the question answer it asking this time, and you'll uh, you'll hopefully be uh, filling my mind with knowledge. Hopefully, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never been quizzed on my own podcast before, so how are the turns tabled? Yeah, this is true. This is true. So. Yeah, we're going to talk about Lady Jane Grey, so I'm going to hand over to you. Um, cool. Yeah, and then we'll we'll learn some more, hopefully. Awesome, yeah. I mean, I purposely didn't Google Lady Jane Grey today because I wanted you to be my fountain of knowledge. Um, I know a little bit about Lady Jane Grey. It's a little bit out of my uh, my time period usually, but uh, I know the, the casual facts. But for, I mean, realistically, we need to start with uh, who was she? Who was Lady Jane Grey? So... We need to talk about the Tudor family tree to to realise where Jane Grey sits in all of this. So I'm going to go back and then we're going to work our way through and hopefully you'll be able to keep track. It's very intertwined. So if you've got any questions, please fire them at me and I'll do my best to answer them. So oh, I'll have them. Oh, good. <laughs> um, so if we go back to King Henry VII and Queen Elizabeth of York. So they had a son called Prince Arthur Tudor who was the heir to the throne. He died prematurely, and his brother, Prince Henry Tudor, became King Henry VIII, who we've all heard of. Henry VIII had a younger sister called Mary, who then had a daughter called Frances Grey by marriage to Henry Grey. They were the parents of Lady Jane Grey. So that's the relation from Henry VII and Queen Elizabeth of York. So Lady Jane Grey was born sometime around... Um, in the autumn 1537, we don't have her exact birth date. Um, things were not written down. She wasn't. Um, she wasn't directly in the line of of succession. So, and she was a woman. So, why would they write her birthday down? Um, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Why? Why would you need to know that really valuable piece of information? <laughs> I know. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I did try and find 
many sources, but a lot of them are. I, I get autumn. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> autumn of fifteen thirty-seven. So um, it, is a, it is. It is a frustrating thing about. Um, let's say the, the medieval period in general, especially when it comes to queens and and women in general, is the amount of times I've been searching for for birthdays or even sometimes place of birth. It's like it was probably here. It was probably then. Yeah. And it's like how did we not just write these things down? Like it's uh, it baffles. A lot of history about women is written via the men that they married and absolutely the um the positions they held after their husbands had died so i mean even if you look on gravestones it will say the wife of blah 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 Mm. and uh the female's name will be really far down the tombstone (laughs) like like she wasn't important it was like her husband's property Anyway, baffling, but that's that's how it was for a long time. So the Grey family were a high-status family. Both of um, Lady Jane Grey's parents were frequently at court. So um, they were in favour. Um, they knew the royals very well. They were related to them by either blood or marriage um, in, in some form or another. So... Lady Frances and Henry Grey, so they had three daughters. So Lady Jane being the oldest, Lady Catherine being the middle, and Lady Mary being the youngest. So, are you keeping up? There's a lot of names here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm staying quiet and just letting you go, because I, okay. I, I know this is a messy period of history, um, especially when it comes to the succession. It's probably a reason why I probably avoid it, because it's 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 quite there's a lot of names a lot of Catherines a lot of Henrys a lot of this that and the other it's uh, yeah but uh, uh, yeah carry on a lot of um, similar names a lot of people yes. were 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 named after their parents which is why yes. you get a lot of kings and queens uh, of the same name so um, the the Grey family lived in a um, Tudor Manor House called Bradgate House in Leicester, the ruins of which are still there. Um, if you Google it, it's it's in ruin, but you could tell that it was superb mm. and there was wealth in this family. Um, being related to royalty, nobility, um, they had money. So yeah. um, going back to Lady Jane Grey, though, so like other girls in her position, she was received... Um, her education at home she um she learned classical languages such as greek latin and hebrew as well as french and italian um i mean i struggled at school to learn french how all these people learnt multiple languages at a young age baffles me <laughs> i i yeah language is something that's always eluded me like my um my other half is from guatemala so spanish is her first language essentially and she speaks it to her parents on the phone and at home and things and i've been with her for five years and i still have no idea how to speak spanish and i learned it at school so i don't think i'll ever be a linguist so she could be talking about you and you'd have no idea I think that's why she's not taught me any yet. <laughs> on purpose. Absolutely. On purpose. What amazes me how people can flip between one language yeah. and another. So I've got um, uh, friends from, from all over, but mainly uh, Poland or Denmark, and they're talking mm. to me in English, and then they'll talk to each other in Polish, 
and then fire back to me in English. And it's it's amazing. It's insane. Yeah, it is. it's absolutely amazing. I uh, really cool situation like that at Christmas. So we were we were sat on the sofa FaceTiming um, Louisa's parents. Um, Louisa's also half German as well. Doesn't speak a word of it, but um, her mum. It was like a group FaceTime with the whole family across the world because she's there's so many um, members of her family like strewn across the across the world. It's great. Um, and Louisa's mum was speaking to her German family in German, translating it into Spanish and then into English for me. What like just instantly? There was no break. There was no uh, let me have a think. It was uh, it was crazy. So yeah, the fact that people can learn language is 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 stupid to me. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, we're so lazy, aren't we? We really are very lazy. Um, so anyway, she learned all these languages um, at home, um, and. It was at home that she was exposed to the Protestant faith. Now, this is a really upheaval of, of, of faith in the in the UK and across Europe. So there's this myth that Henry VIII um, created this religion. It, it mm. wasn't him at all. He just brought it over from Europe to, to, to use it for his benefit. So... Um, this this idea that the Protestant faith stemmed from Henry VIII is a lie. <laughs> it mm. was it was imported and used um, for his benefit, shall we say? Uh, am um, I right in thinking with this that Henry VIII was a pretty ardent Catholic? He was very Catholic and, by all accounts until the end. Some, yeah, yeah, until um, the end. And kind of. Um, Protestantism from like Germany and the Low Countries was it kind of fit his his narrative at the time. Absolutely, right? yeah, absolutely. Um, he he needed a reason to divorce his wife, yeah, and he needed it to fit. So you you're bang on. It 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 fitted at the time. So I have these conversations quite a lot about Henry, and he he was never actually a Protestant. He he still was very um, loyal to the Catholic faith. Um, on his deathbed, he, he spoke of, of the Catholic faith. Um, so, yeah, he, he was even... He was defender of the faith when he was younger mm. as well. So um, this, this sort of mythology that he um, was this huge Protestant leader was just false. It's not true. Um it fitted a circumstance that he was in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Is, is that is that why the, the Church of England is kind of a mix match between Protestantism and Catholicism, especially during the reign of Henry VIII? It was quite a higgledy-piggledy kind of mess of faiths, wasn't it? Yeah. So it took me a long time, as a non-religious person, mm. it took me a long time to sort of decipher what the difference was between Catholicism and uh, the Protestant faith. Now, from because there's a lot of branches off of um, Protestant, Protest, it's very hard to say. It's Pro- a hard word to say. The the Protestant faith. There's a lot of branches. So you've got the Methodists um, that that came a lot later. So Catholicism was very um, was very rich, was very powerful, was um, a bit showy, um, mm. and I think a lot of um, new Protestants believed that it was slightly corrupt and that they wanted to bring it back to basics. They wanted to understand the word of God through reading Bibles in English. Um, 
Catholicism didn't want this to happen because they thought people would interpret the Bible in different ways because it was in Latin mm. before this. So there was this whole mess of this changeover of people after Catholicism, people going into the Protestant faith and then actually reading stuff and being like, oh, hold on, I thought you said this for all these years and I believed this, but now I'm reading it myself, I'm interpreting it differently. So, and this went on for years, the the arguments and the, the upheaval of... Well, are they Catholics? Are they Protestants? Are they Catholics? Are they Protestants? Mm-hmm. It went on and on and on and on. And I mean, even even today, if you go yeah. to certain parts of of the UK, um, I'm I'm thinking more of the Celtic nation. So you've got um, Scotland and Ireland, especially Northern Ireland. We know that there was a lot of trouble over there um, yeah. during the 90s. Um, I've spent some time over in, in Belfast, and it's still a topic that is spoken about today through young people. Um, mm. and, and it comes back to Henry VIII and William yeah. of Orange and... and, and, and these periods of time are still them decisions are still being um are still affecting everyday people's lives he's got a lot to answer for old henry hasn't he he really does he has he has indeed i've got a bit of a soft spot for henry though this is this may sound a bit strange (laughs) i'm I'm the other way around i i i dislike henry the eighth as a not a character. He's a wonderful character. He's 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 so Game of Thrones it hurts. But I I see Henry VIII as a destructive monarch that destroyed so much rather than added. Um, and again, that's maybe potentially why I I shut the door after the um, Battle of Bosworth Field. Like maybe that's maybe that's another reason why I I know nothing about Lady Jane Grey and uh, all these other wonderful people. Yeah, I mean, and you won't be the only person um, who who feels that way. We we go to all the the burnt out monasteries and and the mm-hmm. the things that still exist to this day, um, and it all goes back to Henry VIII and the dissolution of the monasteries. So um, Henry was n- not the richest person until mm-hmm. he became. Um, head of the church of england and then he was so yeah um but yeah it's it's all it everything basically in lady jane gray's story stems from henry um which is mad because mm. they never met <laughs> so it's um it's insane it's absolutely insane yeah going back to uh jane and uh, she was very intelligent, so she um, would prefer sort of reading Plato over like sports and hunting. And when she was 10 years old, she was sent to the household of Thomas Seymour. Now, this may sound a little strange, but it was common in the Tudor period for aristocrat children to be brought up in other households. Yeah. Um. So almost like a foster family of uh, people of, of higher status. So um, you were in, in, in interconnected with other nobility and other families. So it would also put them in positions to meet people for decent marriages as well. So it was quite common. 
Do you mind if I divert slightly to Thomas Seymour? Because he's quite important in this as well. So Thomas Seymour, um, he was a close family friend. um, But I guess most importantly, he was uncle to the new or to to the future king. So Edward the... Hold on. VI6, Edward the Six. <laughs> There's so many of them. Um, Too many. So Thomas Seymour was the brother of Edward's Jane. mum. Yeah. So Jane Seymour, who famously died after childbirth, um, mm. and who Henry VIII is actually buried with. Um, that was his third wife. So Jane yeah. Seymour, Thomas Seymour, brother and sister. Um, so as you can see, it's very interlinked. It's very um keep it close to home. So yeah. um Thomas kind of realised that by having Jane under his influence he it could be extremely profitable. Both Jane and Edward were were children. Um I mean Jane was only eighteen when she she lost her life, but I'll I'll talk about that later on. So we're talking about young people who are yeah. quite easy to manipulate. Um mm. So the idea was that Jane and Edward were to marry. That was the plan. Wow. Did, yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So keep it in the family. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so Thomas Seymour married Catherine Parr. Now, you might know Catherine Parr. You might know the name. Yeah. One of Henry's wives. <laughs> like, yeah. So as um, you could... Number five? Uh, Catherine Parr was the last... No, she was the last she was six. She was the one that outlived him. I know one, two, three, four, and then unfortunately five and six. I know the names, but I can never remember the orders. Yeah, it's. I mean, we can we can go into that, but now I feel like I'm going to be tested. I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> like, divorce. Well, I'll, I'll, it's divorce beheaded died. Divorce beheaded survived. Isn't yes, it? it is. Thank you, horrible histories. You're welcome. Okay, I'm going to get. So it was Catherine of Aragon. Yeah, Anne Boleyn. Yeah, Jane Seymour. Yeah, Anne of Cleves. Yeah, from what you've just told me, Catherine Howard and then yep. Catherine Parr. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Spot I do know the tune Yes, <laughs> you're not giving yourself credit. Um, and there were Catherine spelt with K's and C's, which is very confusing. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it's very confusing. Everyone's got the same name. So. Back to Catherine Parr. So Catherine was close to Henry's children and she oversaw their education. She was a keen Protestant, which is why Jane Grey gets, I guess, chosen in the in the line of succession a long way down the line. So mm. um, she's, she's, she's kind of brought up as a pro- Protestant. Um, so she shared many interests um, of hers and, and sort of passed them on to Lady Jane Grey, um, who was said to have blossomed into an intelligent, cultured and pious young woman apparently um i mean i mean we're talking people of of 12 13 14 expecting to um they're, they're almost treated like mini adults and i know children are mini adults and that sounds absurd mm. to say but there was so much expectation on them we think that we put pressure on our kids now this was intense <laughs> like if you didn't follow ritual or if you um called someone by the wrong title your punishments were insane yeah I, um i guess there is no real comparison is there like childhood today and 
obviously you'll know more about this, but childhoods that we have is kind of a late Victorian invention, am I right? Or like an early 20th century invention that kids aren't little adults, like you said. They are different. To be to be, be loved and so. tre- yeah. cherished and stuff. Yeah, so um, we've all seen the pictures of the Victorians up the, um, up the chimney sweeping um, kids in the workhouse... Um, kids in factories and mills and yeah they were a disposable commodity and they were they were expected to earn their keep basically um not like today now i there's obviously still a lot of traumatic experiences that happen with children absolutely um but we're not sending them down a mine at nine years old Um, i mean for me, while we're on the topic of chimney sweeps, growing up in the industrial north, being very small, I had a genuine fear of becoming a chimney sweep for a long time. Because um, it was always a joke with my family and even some of my teachers that Chris would make a wicked chimney sweep. <laughs> and so g- growing up, it was like, well, I don't actually want to go up all these chimneys. So I better I better knuckle down at school to make sure not not knowing that chimney sweeps were not a real thing, um, but yeah. So chimney sweeps have got a uh, there's a place in my heart for for fellow chimney sweepers. That's so funny. Do you need counselling? Are you okay? Um, I, I definitely do, but not about that. <laughs> anyway, we digress. <laughs> I've um. I've completely lost my place. Where were we? So we were talking about your fear of being a chimney sweep. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I, I would never fit up a chimney. I, yes. I've always been quite um, quite built. I'm, quite, I'm relatively tall. So, yeah, I would never fit in one. Um, mm. So I'd be great in the Victorian times. Yeah, I'm built for it. I'm built for it. Either that or a jockey. One of those two jobs <laughs> I'm built for. Oh, I've just got images now. How funny. Um, <laughs> we are talking about Lady Jane Grey. Yeah, um, no, 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 no. No, that's fine. That's fine. I was. Um, uh, we were talking about her childhood and how she was brought up in the household of Thomas Seymour. So, so Catherine was married to Thomas Seymour. Um, Catherine died. Thomas Seymour made a bit of an error of judgment so he wanted to stay close to the boy king so thomas for some reason don't ask me why because i don't know tried to break into edward's private apartments in 1549 to get his ear basically to sort of whisper in his ear that actually marrying lady jane gray would be a really good idea um this backfired massively i can imagine um he was arrested he was sent to the Tower of London and he was executed on Tower Hill. So if um, if we've learned anything from this story, do not break in to <laughs> the, uh, the palace and try and speak to uh, the king in um, uh, not by the usual channels. So if you're going to do it, kind of kind of try and do it right, I guess. Yeah. Um, bit of a bit of a misjudgment there, Tom. Like, yeah. Uh, you've not done well. No horrendous <laughs> why would you do that i don't know yeah, it's madness it couldn't, it couldn't really get much worse no than, definitely than losing your head definitely definitely not um so lady jane gray was sent home basically away from thomas seymour's house with now no prospects of of marrying 
the boy king. Edward was kind of a sickly child, so he was mm. he was the third child, well, the third legitimate child. Well, again, well, I'll go into that. He was the third <laughs> child of Henry VIII. So, uh, first child, Mary. She was born when um, Henry was a Catholic, so she was obviously raised as a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Elizabeth, who was his uh, second legitimate child, um, was the mother uh, was the daughter of Anne Boleyn, who he converted to become a Protestant, so he could have Elizabeth. So Elizabeth had to be brought up as a Protestant. Yeah. Okay. So all of a sudden, we've got sister and sister on two different sides um, of the of the religious debate shall we say Mm. so then comes along edward edward's mother was a protestant as well um so he was a protestant so but because he was a boy it didn't go age um we've spoken about this i think before on the last podcast so it didn't go age it went um sex first and then and then if there were no male heirs then it would sort of go back to to age so he may have been the third born but he was also a boy so he became the the one in line so he became the king after king henry the eighth died so he was quite a sickly child though um although he enjoyed sports uh like his father did when he was younger because henry the eighth when he was was younger was 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 quite athletic um he wasn't this fat um depressed man who was a tyrant that we see to this day um in paintings and in portrayals on television etc he he was apparently he was quite fun to be around um and that was said to all have changed when he fell off um his horse when he was jousting um there's been uh sort of uh, studies done to say that actually he might have damaged a part of his brain that dealt mm. with his temperament, etc., which is where the change happened. Although he was in constant pain after this, I feel like I'm really defending Henry. <laughs> um, no, 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 go for it. So change my mind. So he, uh, so when he fell off his horse when he was doing this jousting, um, he splintered his leg. So he um, he basically had an abscess on his leg that never went away for the rest of his life. It was always sore. It was weeping. It was pretty gross, to be honest. Um, yeah, sounds it. And from from experience, if, I don't know, let's compare it to toothache or something. Um, if you've got a constant pain in your body all the time that never goes away, what is your mood like? What is your temper? It's not going to be good. Yeah. Is it? So he gets more and more angry he gets more and more um uh, dismissive of people he's in pain constantly now that doesn't warrant chopping people's heads off i get mm. that <laughs> um yeah. but it 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 all stemmed from this event so it's 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 interesting to see maybe if this event didn't happen what would what have happened been? yeah yeah no i find i find young henry quite fascinating to be honest i've uh, i've just written an article on the field of the cloth of gold actually which is obviously a, a great example of the renaissance prince that was henry the eighth 
Um, and I think I think I've heard a comparison between Henry VIII and his uh, maternal grandfather Edward IV, um, who was a um, a robust um, hunting, you know, you know, all all powerful, all larger than life king. And I think that's that's the Henry we would have got for the whole reign if he obviously this this very traumatic physically and probably mentally uh, this you know this event that definitely changed history really yeah absolutely absolutely we wouldn't have had the lady jane gray we wouldn't have had the 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 bickering and the squabbling and the civil wars that preceded this time period if that didn't happen um it's just that, that oh, this is why i love history it's just one one event changes everything yeah um, yeah, it really is, and that uh, that's in our lives as well. Not only like the nobility and the royalty and the people that are, are written about. That's everyone. Snap decisions and that are made. Um, anyway, I digress again. I'm terrible at this, but no, it's great. Hey ho, it's my podcast. I can do what I like. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. So Edward uh, was a sickly child. He 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 wasn't as as athletic as Henry his father um and we're we're in a time period as well where where sort of children didn't really know their parents that well they were kind of brought up by other people really they would yeah. they would see them for family portraits and and all of that so the idea of of Henry the 8th actually knowing his children was actually they would they communicated by by letter and they'd they'd see each other at royal events and stuff but they didn't really have much to do with each other um so mary who was the oldest was um declared illegitimate after the fact that henry had changed the whole country and the whole religion to marry anne boleyn so mary was out of the line of succession she was gone she was catholic she wasn't um she wasn't needed Okay, so Elizabeth was not out of the succession completely, but she was a woman and um, the king basically got to decide whether it went to Elizabeth or Lady Jane Grey. The king, who died quite young, he was only 15, I believe. Yeah. Um, So he was only 15 when he died and he knew that he was dying. So he began to write a succession uh, uh, a devise in favor of lady jane gray there were people in front of her but they were catholic so they weren't mm-hmm. appropriate so jane was basically written into this line of succession even though she didn't really want to be or she didn't actually know about it so you have a lot of people in the background sort of conspiring saying oh no well well this is your this is your closest cousin and 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 here's the line of succession and she's a uh, a protestant and she's um uh she would would be amazing this this would be yeah. her time to shine we could put the country um at ease and it would be amazing um lady jane gray didn't get a say in any of this <laughs> at all um when she when henry died sorry when edward died and she she was told she was queen she like cried and she looked baffled she was she didn't understand she she believed that well, well, surely Mary would be queen. Um, yeah. It was very awkward. It was said to have been very awkward when she was told of the yeah, the can... king's death and that she was I queen. I can imagine that was a shock. 
Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. waking up on a Tuesday going, oh, you're all right, Jane. Um, by the way, you're the queen. Yeah. Because um, from my understanding, she was... She was relatively close to the to the succession, but not to the point where you would be, okay, I might actually have a chance at this thing. There were people in front of her, basically. Yeah. Um, and it was only on Edward's uh, kind of command that she yeah. became... Now, you can, you can imagine what this did, not only to her as a person, but what this did to the country. Yeah. There were people who were strong Catholics who still hadn't really got over what Henry had done to the country and the upheaval and the um, the fighting between families. I mean, families were split completely over the topic of, of religion. Um, people lost their lives over it. It was insane. Like, the whole, un- the whole unrest of the country... So you had people very much like, well, hold on, why is she, why is she queen? Why is Lady Jane Grey queen? Um, because Mary's next in line, and she's mm. going to bring the country back to um, the Catholic faith, the one true faith. Um, and she had a lot of support, a lot of support. Um, even though they'd been living in a Protestant country, in quotation marks, for the yeah. last few years actually there was still very uh, rome was still very powerful mm. so um mary basically gathered an army up <laughs> um against lady jane grey so lady jane grey at this point is only she's only 18 so she's young i mean i don't know what you were like when you were 18 i know i was probably not I would I would trust in in a lot of people of what they were telling me. Yeah. Um, I knew that they would be there to protect me. Like you're you're an older adult, but you're not you're still a teenager. So absolutely, yeah. She's basically following what her advisors are telling her. Meanwhile, um, Mary is sort of brewing up support in yeah. Norfolk, where she was at the time. Um, and Lady Jane Grey at, at this time, who didn't know Mary very well, you kind of, it was almost, you were kind of told to hate these people that you'd never met. Mm. Um, and it was also, it was like gossip, like hearsay. Well, she said this, and yeah. she said that. Um, and it was, it was the old white men basically playing the, playing the cards, dealing the cards. I mean, where does it, does that sound familiar? I mean, it does sound slightly familiar, <laughs> we could say. Um, it's 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 plagued, you know, at least Western civilization for as for as far back as we can go, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it 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 shows that maybe those people aren't always the right people to make those decisions. But you know, it, yeah. it happened, and and we're here now. But we, we've already mentioned um, Mary and, to a lesser degree, Elizabeth. But who were the kind of main rivals to? I don't want to say to Lady Jane Grey because I don't feel like she was she was in a position to have rivals. But let's say to the throne at this time. So yeah, we've got Mary, which was the main sort of threat, but also Elizabeth as well. She had she had been made um, illegitimate as well. She'd been declared illegitimate after um, 
uh, Edward had been born. So it's it's chopping and changing, and you've got people that are loyal to to different people. Now, what I find really interesting about this period of time, now correct me if I'm wrong, but all of Henry's children see the throne, all of them, at some point or another. Yeah, all of his legitimate children. Yeah. I'm using legitimate in quotation marks, but I think he did have an illegitimate son called Henry, didn't he? Yeah, Fitzroy. Yeah, that he adored and, and he was like his real son in a way. Like he, he was everything that Henry VIII was. Yeah. Um, but he was married off to a to a lesser noble family and kind of disappeared from history. This eh? is it. You don't yeah, you don't hear much of Fitzroy at all. Um it while while all, while all this is going on. Um it's so so yeah, you've got you've got the Mary fans, you've got the Elizabeth fans. Um, obviously, nobody wants the king to die because he's a he's a he's a man. He's a boy. Like he's yeah. he's got the right genitalia. He was he was born, <laughs> uh, which is absurd. It seems absurd now, but um, mm. that's that's just how it was. So there were cousins that could have been in line as well, but they were Catholics. So they were um, they were kind of taken out of the line of succession by um, by Edward. Um, they were they were over in Europe. They were very distant. So Lady Jane Grey was closer in blood relations. So it seemed to make sense. Um, yeah. But initially, because obviously he, um, Edward didn't kind of didn't know he was going to die as soon as he did. So the 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 first line of succession that was that was written down was um, Jane Grey's male heirs. So it wasn't. It was as soon as she produced a son. Yeah. It was gonna it was gonna fall to him basically and skip Lady Jane Grey. But she was only eighteen. Um, Lady Jane Grey was married. She was married yeah. off quite young um, to Lord Guildford. But, I mean, she was only 16 when she got married, and Guildford was only 18. So they hadn't really had time to create a child. Um, And I know it it may sound absurd getting married at 16, but, I mean, that's sort of about the right time, or maybe even Mm. a little bit later. Um, people I was going to say that's not out yeah. of the question, is it, to be to be married off as a teenager? Mm-hmm. People got married 13, 14. I mean, it's it seems absurd to modernise, but it's just the way it was. So yeah. um, she married uh, Lord Guildford uh, in 1553. Um, I mean, it was kind of, again, they were pawns in a game. It was beneficial to both families. So... Um, Lord Guildford was related to the Duke of Northumberland, who was basically the most powerful man in the UK. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this is pre-UK in England. Um, after the King, so yeah. this was this was good. So they had they had steady, powerful roots there, and if they had a child. Lady Jane Grey and Lord Guildford had a child, then actually, like, this, these are two wealthy royal families coming together. Perfect. Mm. But it all I'm happened... Right in... Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, am I right in thinking that Northumberland was one of Edward VI's, like, closest advisors and kind of head of the government at this point? Yeah. 
Yeah. So he obviously had a massive hand in what was going on and what was said to the king. He had the king's ear. Um, mm. He basically, he had he had stuff to gain from this as well by getting his family involved into the royal line of succession in one way or another. Um, right. There's lots of characters in this and lots of characters that are related. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if I've made it clear. I'm trying to make it as clear as I can, but it's, um, it's quite hard. Um, no, it is. It's, it's a murky period of history. It reminds me of the Wars of the Roses, um, you know, with like Warwick the Kingmaker and mm-hmm. the Lancastrians and the Yorkists, and they were both pretty much the same, but there was big differences which made people illegitimate or made people... Um, the right choice at the right time. Yeah, it seems very messy, but all really connected and family orientated in the worst possible way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just going to jump back to when King Edward died. So he died on the 6th of July in 1553. So he was 15 years old. Um, And I mentioned briefly before, but Jane was kind of summoned to see her father-in-law. So she was... She was told to come and see her immediately, uh, come and see him immediately, and she she wasn't really sure why. Um, and then she was told it was Edward's instructions that she would become queen. Um, and she was, by all accounts, distressed, confused, and really embarrassed, I think, when people started kneeling in front of her. Um, as you would be. Yeah. As you would be. Yeah. She she never wanted this. It's not like when you get kings and queens that sort of fight because they want mm. the, the crown. She was told, you are the queen. Good luck. <laughs> um, yeah. Off you go. So she was, uh, she was taken to uh, the Royal Palace at uh, the Tower of London, which the Tower of London has been many things. It's been a palace. It's been a prison. It's been... Um, a zoo um um it was a garden uh like a, a plot of 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 land for um what is the word that i'm using an allotment that's what allotment. i'm looking for yeah during the war if you look at pictures wow. of I the didn't know that. yeah if you look at pictures during world war 2 the whole of the moat is um is allotment space so you've got wow. they're growing potatoes tomatoes um all that kind of stuff that they needed to keep people fed during the oh, world that's cool. yeah so absolutely google that it's really it's really interesting yeah so the tower of london again one of my favorite buildings i'm going to say this every single time <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a good one it's, it's a, good a good one, one. yeah so she was she was uh she was taken to the tower of london um she was pronounced queen on the uh 10th of july 15 15- 53. Now, she was told about herself being queen on the 9th of July. So you could potentially add a day there. So rather than being the nine-day queen, she could be the 10-day queen. Yeah. There are rumours that she was told before this, which could potentially make her the 13-day queen. However, when I was researching, I've read this somewhere and I know that I've read it. I could not find any sources at all. And you've mentioned it to me as well. Yeah, It's written in my notes. One of my questions is, why is she considered the nine-day queen when she actually ruled for 13? But like you, I I have no idea where my source is. Yeah. Classic classic history. I don't don't know where my source is. (laughs) Just make it up as you go along. Yeah. It's fine. Um, 
yeah, a lot of things happen behind the scenes, um, as as they still do. Um, when there's, I don't know, for example, when there's a royal birth, you kind of find out a couple of days after it's happened. Um, mm. If the uh, if our queen was to to pass away, then there would be there's protocol in place that the public wouldn't necessarily know straight away. Um, so that's the potential where the thirteen has come from. But officially, it was nine. Yeah. So, why did she only last for nine days? Well, <laughs> buckle yeah. up. <laughs> um, so, she she's in the palace. She's having a lovely time. Well, she's 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 a bit confused, a bit distressed. Um, people are rallying around her, saying that she's the queen. However, Mary is like, hold on, <laughs> that's my crown. What are you doing? Who is she? Yeah, who who is she and where does she come from? Yeah. Um, what are you doing? Mary and the Catholic faith are powerful. Mary's mother um, was powerful as well. She was seen as um, she was seen as wronged by Henry. So Henry's Henry's gone. Um, Mary's just like, no, hold on. Let's forget all that nonsense because of my dad's lust. Let's yeah. Let's go back to normality. Kind of righting the wrongs of yeah. of, of, of his of her, fa- of her father. Yeah. As such. So she um, she basically had an army that was growing in power and by numbers, and there was a lot of people. So they marched on to into London, um, and the the councillors of Lady Jane Grey were terrified. They were outnumbered. <laughs> massively by popularity and support so the people around lady jane gray basically swapped sides because they knew what their fate would be if they didn't so these men that had put lady jane gray in the line of succession were now oh my god like what are we going to do we're going to lose our heads we're going to lose our nobility we're going to lose our power we need to swap sides yeah so this poor lady jane gray has been told that she's queen. She's now being told that actually there's a there's a massive army coming and they're coming for you. And the councillors are changing sides. She is 18. She must have been terrified. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty awful really. It's quite it's it's a bit of a tragedy this story, isn't it? Like I knew it wasn't I know it doesn't end well, but it's yeah, it's quite. It's it reminds me of the kind of Mary Queen of Scots story, mm-hmm. uh, where she was kind of just in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people in her ear. Uh, she ended up losing her head, which is which is sad. But how much do you think that her, the fact that she was a woman, played into this kind of ter- turmoil that we had? Huge, huge. Um. So, I mean, this is one of the problems from from the get-go. Uh, Henry had girls. <laughs> he had Mary. He had Elizabeth. Uh, he then had Edward. Um, that was kind of a fluke a lot later on down the line. Um, there was a lot of women in the Tudor family and quite yeah. strong women as well. Absolutely. Um, you wouldn't mess with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and we know that from later on when Mary and Elizabeth had their sort of their arguments after all of this has happened. Um, 
But being a woman, um, she was kind of seen as disposable, mm. as were a lot of women at this point. You, they were they it would they were just a figurehead. They were just a figurehead in the line of succession, and actually, it was the men that would have the say, or so they fought. Yeah. <laughs> um, you get a lot of tales of 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 um, maybe not Lady Jane Grey because she was she was young and quite vulnerable, but later on you've got the likes of of uh, Mary Tudor, Elizabeth Tudor. You've also got Mary Queen of Scots, like feisty, powerful women who who fight against the men who mm. are trying to control them. Um, but being a woman definitely put her at more of a disposable risk. If she was a mm. if she was a man, this wouldn't have happened. None of this would have happened because it would have been yeah. like, well, she's the legitimate male heir that we have named. Catholic or Protestant, it would have gone down that road, I believe, anyway. Um, but women are treated appallingly yeah. in history. Absolutely appallingly. No, it's um, it's so evident when you look at history, but especially when you get to topics like this. Obviously, w- later on with with Mary and with Elizabeth, two powerful queens in her own right, and Elizabeth, arguably one of the greatest monarchs this country has ever known, were both at a disadvantage from the get go because of their uh, femininity. Mm-hmm. And I know Elizabeth spent a lot of her time, um, kind of. Um, moulding her appearance, well, sometimes uh, physically, but her kind of public appearance as I am a king and a queen because she felt like she needed to be a male-female kind Mm -hmm. of hybrid, for lack of a better word, kind of politically. Absolutely. Um, Which is sad because Elizabeth, you know, kicked ass on her own. And it's it's sad that they were both, both her and Mary and obviously Lady Jane Grey, who we mentioned previously, were used as marriage tokens to further a political goal, whether that was with, with Spain or with the French or with internal in the English court itself. It's, um, it's really obvious sexism in this period of history. And women were quite often um, sort of pit against each other. So mm. the, the men would plant the seed, oh, did you did you hear what she's done? Or do you hear what she's done? They'd plant the seed enough for them to feel threatened by other women. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but I still think that happens to a degree today. So a lot of mm. a lot of men, well, let's face it, we're we're still in a very white man's world, yeah. um, and a lot of things that I've seen about women not supporting each other is because they're at a disadvantage because the men make all the decisions. So they've got to be the brainiest or look the best or be on the cover of that magazine or be this, that and the other because a man has put that out there and they've, they've, they've kind of made that world that we live in. Mm. Yeah, we're we're definitely the the product of a of a white male dominated society, um, but there is there's an Instagram account that I follow. It's called uh, Women Who Wear the Crown. It's a fantastic uh, kind of blog account, and um, it's essentially, as the name suggests, it focuses on uh, queens of history and important women of history that kind of to the most part get kind of put to the to the wayside. As, um, all sorts of, um, you know, like Anne of Denmark. Uh, my favourite, Eleanor of Aquitaine, is covered quite a lot. 
Um, but there are so many, you know, women of history that are completely forgotten because of simple biology, and yeah. it sucks. And I think we, I think we're in a really important position to kind of put that not right because it's never going to put um, people being suppressed for years and years and years right. But actually, let's start having these conversations and let's start yeah. talking about these these amazing women that shaped our country as well as the men. So couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's 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 mad. It's mad. Um, I've digressed again a lot. Sorry. It's my fault. No, my no, fault. no. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. So, shall we talk about the the actual execution of Jane Grey? So, yes. Always on a carb, but quite yes. interesting part of history. Yeah. So, Jane Grey, after sort of nine days of, of being queen and being treated as such, um, was basically told that she's going to lose her life. Um she there's a really famous painting of Jane Grey it's called the execution of Jane Grey i believe google it it's really harrowing it was painted a lot um later than the actual event yeah. but i mean like a lot of paintings are but it's it's really sad um considering she didn't want to be queen she's losing her head for something that she didn't want mm. which is madness so um oh wow yeah Mm. That's uh, that's horrible. Yeah. Um, oh, Absol- yeah. Absolutely. So she wanted, before she died, to meet her husband, um, who was two years older than her. Um, but this was denied, basically. Um, Guildford was dragged to Tower Hill um, and he lost his head. And Jane Grey saw it from the window. Um, yeah. Wow. Horrendous. Trauma. Trauma. Yeah, as, as an eighteen-year-old as well, um, you're at that point in your life, as certainly I was, where you're at your most emotionally vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily at your most childish or most mature or anything like that, but you, you're at a precipice in life where you're going from one type of human to another, and any amount of change at that point in your life it has profound effects. And obviously I know she only survived herself for a relatively short amount of time, but those last few hours of her life must have been the worst of her entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that, that know, I've worked in mental health for a long time. So we, we look at childhood trauma and trauma that has happened. Just think about if Lady Jane Grey did survive, what kind of, queen would she have been after seeing her husband's head lopped off that's traumatic and that's Mm. gonna make an impact in your character the way that you react to things your paranoia all of that kind of stuff is going to go into your genetics into your brain and it's going to have a profound effect on you we're not only products of genes we're products of events that happen um, we're products of, of our environment as well as mm. um, genetics. So, yeah, that was just, a, again, a side side tangent. But I just, I feel so sorry for her. Um, 
and pff, the thing is, she's she was she was kind of marched onto Tower Green herself. She basically asked the executioner to dispatch her quickly. Were her words, and then she was very calm, um, very composed. But then, kind of panic came over her. She started to scream, started to cry, and this was this was not the etiquette of someone who was royal. Mm. So. After she'd laid her head on the, the the block and she'd she'd said a few prayers and stuff, after the axe fell, she was um they were basically discussing because she because she was scared and she was she was crying out and stuff, they actually I say they, so a lot of nobility said, Well, she probably wouldn't have made a very good queen anyway, because she couldn't compose herself mm. on the chopping block. As if they were justifying doing what they did, which was in my opinion, unjustifiable. You, mm-hmm. That this poor girl, for lack, you know, that's what she was. She was just this poor girl that was put in a position that she didn't necessarily want. Never mind, have any kind of understanding of. And then, you know, a week later, was was killed for it. It's uh, yeah. How can you justify that? But I guess that's their attempts at doing so. Mm. That's a horrible story. Um, I, obviously, I, I I was vaguely aware of of. Lady Jane Grey and her a very untimely end, but uh, no, you've painted a very vivid picture. Um, we've mentioned it briefly throughout this episode, but I just wanted to go back to the idea of, of her religion and how important that was to the overall kind of catapulting of her up the list. Was it the fact that she was a Protestant? Was that the main reason for Edward VI's decision to put her at the top of the list. Yeah, and not only because she was a Protestant, but she was in the same league of Edward. So um, I I mentioned earlier that Henry VIII kind of was a fake Protestant. (laughs) He wasn't really a Protestant (laughs) at all. Um, And then you had Elizabeth, who kind of took um, bits from both. So she... So she was Protestant, but she still liked the shiny, nice things. So the the kind of the glory of it all. Edward yeah. was a bit more scaled back. So he, it was very. Um, uh, if you if you if you if you've been into a Protestant church or you've been into a Catholic church, they're very different. So Protestant churches yeah. tend to be a lot more stark. They're a lot more grey. There's a lot less shiny things, basically. <laughs> you go into a Catholic church, there's um, lots of imagery of um, Jesus. There's a lot of gold. Um, that's kind of the noticeable difference. So Jane Grey was in the same league as Edward. So the the, the pomp and ceremony had kind of gone with Edward. And Jane Grey was the same. So he saw her on the same level as him. So if she wasn't brought up a Protestant or a Protestant in the same style as Edward, she probably would never have been pulled in to this mess. And would have probably lived happily ever after. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on that note of of religion, so... (sighs) I mean, we're fast forwarding a little bit. So after Mary the First's kind of short and what is seen to be a bit of an un- unsuccessful reign, there was a lot of upheaval in Mary the First reign. Um, Lady Jane Grey kind of became known as a Protestant martyr. So mm. 
she was kind of held up by the Protestant faith. Like, she maybe she would have been great. Maybe we yeah. should have backed her. Um, in hindsight, it's a beautiful thing. Um, it is. <laughs> but, and then, yeah. So, so she's kind of now known as the Protestant martyr. But if you look at any family tree, she's hardly there. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it skips. Um, but surprisingly, Edward V is, which I find, obviously, Edward V was the son of Edward IV. Uh, one of the princes in the tower. Um, But he was never crowned. He never publicly became king. He was king for, what, I think two months. Um, But, yeah, he's he's absolutely part of the royal family tree. And then, yeah, you've got poor Jane, who gets missed out quite a lot. Do we think that's because he's a man? Absolutely. It has to be. Mm. Um, It has to be, because why else would it be? They're both essentially martyrs for their cause, whether it was the Lancastrian or the Yorkist, um, you know, side of the Hundred Years. Um, bloody hell! The uh, was the Roses yeah. or the the Protestant faith. They they both kind of fit the same bill. Innocent children didn't know what was going on. Obviously, I'm I'm making the claim that Edward was killed um, along with his brother, which I I do believe they were. Um, but yeah, it, the only difference is really is the fact that one of them was a bloke, which is silly, insane, isn't it? Absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, late. I mean, Lady Jane Grey is kind of she's coming out of the woodwork a little bit now. Um, people are starting to to actually give her the credit that she deserves, and actually, the ill treatment of her needs to be acknowledged as well. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, to go through all that in a week is a pretty rough week. I know, we think we have bad weeks at work, but um, yeah, <laughs> queen one minute, lose your head Dead. the next. Yeah, yeah. Worst, worst week in English history for one person. Definitely for Lady Jane Grey. It's got to be up there. Definitely. Um, what's really interesting is the, the, un, the unrest of the rest of the Tudor period... It just, it went on and on and on and on until, ironically, um, the Scottish throne sort of merged with the English throne and then Scottish kings became um, English kings. kings. So, and yeah, and Catholicism kind of made its way back. (laughs) Yeah, but that is a subject for another episode that we are definitely going to look at soon because... Like this period, the the Stuarts and the the Civil War. Even though I studied studied it at A level, um, completely goes over my head. Um, but you have very kindly offered to uh, to teach me the ways of the Stuarts. I will do my best. Yes. What I love about the Stuarts is a they're Scottish. Um, I lived in Scotland for a while. I love <laughs> I love the fact that they've come from Scotland after all these years of of, of fighting, especially between Elizabeth and yeah. Mary Queen of Scots. I think it's just very ironic. Um, Absolutely. But I also, I love this period of dress as well. <laughs> I love that men are wearing these massive wigs and I love that um, uh, it's, it is all so ridiculously over the top. Um, I love it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll, 
the the Stuart period is something I got into um, a lot later on in um, mm. my amateur historian um, career, if that's what we're going to yeah. call it. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 learning lots, and I'm learning on the job, I guess, as they say. So yeah, no, I'm quite I'm I'm more than happy to awesome. discuss the Stuarts with you. Um, I just want to quickly mention so because i doubted myself i basically want to go through the list of uh henry's wives again so go for it so number one we've got catherine of aragon number two we have anne boleyn three jane seymour four anne of cleves five catherine howard and six catherine parr i think we got that right the first time round. it's the two catherines at the end because one's Catherine with a C, Catherine Parr, and one's uh, Catherine Howard. So, is Catherine of Aragon with a C or a K? Uh, Catherine of Aragon was with a C. Cool. So we've I like got Catherine of Aragon. So we've got She's Catherine, Catherine, and Catherine. Amazing. Oh, Catherine of Aragon was amazing, absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, I believe she was originally buried in Peterborough. I'm, I'm I gonna... think that's right. Yeah. Um, which is where my father's from. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I have been to the church and I have been uh, in there. And someone else famous was buried there, but they got moved into Westminster. No, I don't. I need to. Again, I'm I'm talking aloud on the podcast, but if anyone knows, please tell me. Um, it's save your me. podcast. You can do it. This what is you true. Want. This is very <laughs> true. Um, I've had some very good feedback from the last episode that we did so hopefully we'll get some good feedback from this one as well hopefully yeah i've had people from australia message me from america um all around the uk um we've had some people in india and pakistan as well that have messaged me so yeah this is exciting wow um yeah well i i I thoroughly enjoy it and i i've really enjoyed this episode as well I've, i've definitely taken a lot from it um so thank you but i would definitely say to people listening um, do definitely send in your feedback um, to either of ourselves. It, it means a lot and it really helps us get better as well. Because if we're completely missing the mark, then if nobody tells us, we'll never know. Um, so yeah, keep it up. It's, uh, it helps a lot. Yeah, no, it does help as well. And and, and I mean, we, we don't necessarily retain all this information in our heads, so we do a lot of research. So if anyone feels like I've done some research and actually I've not got it quite right, then please do tell me. Um Although I might not reply, no, <laughs> um, I'm I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, Chris, while you're on the podcast, it's that time again. Uh, if you want to plug anything, then please go ahead. I'm always going to take the opportunity to plug. Uh, yeah, as always, you can find me on Instagram at Chris Riley underscore. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I have just written about the field of the cloth of gold, which is one of my first forays into the Tudor period, um, the early Tudor period, I might add, but uh, give that a read. Let me know what you think. Uh, And also you can find all mine and all of my uh, fellow writers' works at thehistorycorner.org. We are always looking for people to contribute. Uh, So if you have a passion for history, whatever subject, whatever topic it is, give me a shout, drop me a message, um, and we will um, we'll work it out. But yeah, thanks again for having me, Ollie. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. No, absolutely. Thank you. And I'm just gonna well, I'm just gonna talk to you uh, like we're having a phone conversation now. So um, 
I sort of came up with this kind of bonkers idea. Well, I say I came up with it. I I, I stole it off of another podcast. Um, shout out to... <laughs> Always the best yeah. advert. Um, best ideas come from other podcasts. Absolutely. So shout out to Dan at 50p Movie Club and um, co-host of uh, Real Life Ghost Stories. So I've stolen your idea. I'm really sorry, but I will credit you. Um, so <laughs> we... Uh, I was speaking to Chris about um, watching historical films and uh, like the ac- accuracy of, of, of some of them and, and, and do we like them, do we not, what works, what doesn't. So there's um, there's some ideas in the pipeline of Chris and I watching, uh, I don't know, a title, a, a, a film from a historical time period and then we're going to discuss it. <laughs> so it might not work, it might be terrible. Um, I might not yeah. release it. But, um, yeah, if anyone's got any film recommendations or any ideas, um, as I said, because there's a lot of uh, differences in, in the knowledge between myself and, and Chris, our, our time period. So actually, it might work quite nicely, me not knowing stuff about um, the time period that you ex- you're you an expert in and, and, and the other way around as well. So... If that sounds like a good idea, please let me know. <laughs> if it Definitely. doesn't, let Chris know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take all the negative feedback and Ollie can take all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll filter it through back to him. So uh, I might put a post, uh, I might put a poll on Instagram later about, um, or once this airs, about what films people would like to see us uh, discuss um, yes. to get you guys' opinions on um you know, on our opinions as such. Good idea. And just to remind everyone, what is your Instagram address? It is Chris Riley underscore. Done. Okay. Well, thanks again for joining me. And um, yeah, no doubt you'll hear us both rabbit on again. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again, man. Cheers. <laughs>